I've been told I need to use the term allegedly a little bit more when I talk shit about famous people who have millions of dollars more than I do in case they decide my words become actionable. I'm not sure what they think they're going to get out of me. All I have are a metric shit ton of decorative skulls and a car with no power locks and no power windows that has an AC that always somehow only starts blowing cold air right when I arrive at my destination. It's a, a Nissan Versa. I've also been told I need to stop referring to specific brands. <laughs> Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast, everybody. My name is Matt, and I don't think I'm very good at this, but let's dive in anyway. So, InSync versus Backstreet Boys was about the most hot-button question I've asked since Crispy versus Chewy Bacon. Now, me personally, I'm an InSync guy. They were pretty even Stevens for a lot of years when they both blew up and hit for hit. There really wasn't one that was better than the other for me. It came down to their follow-up albums to each of their big ones. Black and Blue for the Backstreet Boys versus Celebrity from NSYNC. And for me, Celebrity has the better hits. I think that Gone off of Celebrity is a really fucking good song. And I don't feel right including it on my list of songs I used to like because I still genuinely love it. Normally, I just lie to you and knock one off the list, but because there's money involved, somehow I feel this weird obligation to be slightly more honest than usual. However, for you guys, the winner by a surprising margin was the Backstreet Boys. It isn't surprising that they won. At the end of the day, they're basically just two ever so slightly different variants of the same fucking thing. But Timberlake and the boys were outvoted damn near two to one, which is fucking wild. Thank you to everyone who sent in their vote, as always. For the Dildo Chronicles this week, I'm taking a little left turn into some wholesome stories of people who have come into the dildo store. As crazy as it sounds, I have gotten no small amount of hugs and handshakes from people when they leave the store, which is kind of a cool thing. Wholesome moments don't happen very often, but when they do happen, I kind of find myself feeling feelings a little bit, which I'm told is also a cool thing. I don't know, the jury's still out. If I've told a couple of these stories before on the program. There is a reason that I'm diving into them again because I had my own little wholesome story happen last week that I want to get to. I have had a few couples come in where one of them was getting deployed and they were looking for toys that could control with each other while they were far apart. I love that they have those. A lot of times that whole thing is monetized, right? And I get it. I do own some app-controlled shits, and they're very nice. A lot of potential for a good time, and I've enjoyed them so far. I will stop right there. I'm trying to imagine the idea of when I was a younger man and just a walking bucket of jizz, trying to experience all the things at once, like I did, and I'm wondering if I would have paid to control someone's toy from far away. 
It's different if I'm in a relationship with them and it's long distance and that's what I have. But I'm not sure if monetizing it would have appealed to me specifically all that much. But also, it's a young person's game out there. So maybe it's just not something that I grew up having the option for. So it doesn't really appeal to me quite so much. And with all the fucking control issues I have, seriously, you guys. I have control issues like nobody's fucking business. Get on the train. There's no way I could let anyone control something that I was using. But I do try to have a certain perspective about it. I'm sure when I was younger and LimeWire was all the rage, there were old men talking about how they could never download porn, the exact type of video that they wanted without leaving the house for free. It kind of seems ridiculous when I throw my own Grigri in there. So I'm completely open to the fact that I'm the one that's probably just being an old man in a young man's world, and that is totally fine. I'll just be over here with my shitty knees, even shittier back, and thousands of dollars worth of free sex toys. Meanwhile, I do keep either promising or threatening myself, depending on your perspective, to subscribe to some OnlyFans out there at some point. Oh, how many young ladies that I used to see have reached out to me offering me discounts on their OnlyFans, but nothing's really jumped out at me. I think Eric Andre has an OnlyFans these days. But again, I can see pics and video of Eric Andre's junk for free. Okay, here we are, once again, off the rails. Controlling toys with the partner, long distance. It's kind of sweet, but also very sexy when you don't really have another alternative. When you add in the fact that someone is being deployed and doing shit more brave than I ever could, that's when it makes it to the wholesome territory for me. Most of the offers for hugs that I get come from women who just broke up and are looking for something just to sort of get them through the night, which if you think about it is the responsible thing to do. Women by and large are getting dick thrown at them all the time. So I have to imagine that having a toy helps you get through a lonely night without sliding into the DMs of, you know, Mr. Dude with the eight ball on his arm and the eight ball in his pocket that wears his knockoff pro fit cap to the side and is incapable of taking a picture in a mirror with the shirt on. That dude is just a fucking mistake. I actually had a woman in just yesterday. It was a little bit before we closed and uncharacteristically slow for the hour. The only people in the dildo store were a couple, a man and a woman, and then a woman who came in solo. She and I were talking about... I don't know, whatever the fuck we were talking about. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. And the couple comes up kind of right next to her looking at something that she was also kind of looking at. She immediately made a face and then walked away, bringing me with her. Now, I'm not going to come on the world's dumbest radio show here and try to tell you that I am a smart person. I am not. But... I have had more female friends in my life than Nick Cannon's Got Kids, and I immediately knew what was going on. But I played dumb. 
because that's what women expect out of men. And ladies, you are much easier to sell to when I fly into the curve and play your little game. That's right. Everyone is manipulating everyone out here. (laughs) I asked her if she was okay, and she told me she just didn't want to be near a couple, which opened up the whole breakup story, which was nothing particularly dramatic or anything like that. Dude broke up with her. She was sad. She said it was mutual, but the more we talked, she kind of admitted it wasn't. She was heartbroken, and she came to the dildo store to get a little pick me up. So we got her set up with something really nice. And she seemed to be, I mean, about as happy as she was going to get for going through all the usual stages of a breakup. She thanked me profusely for hating men with her for a couple minutes, another easy selling tactic, and left me a nice review on Google, which was kind of sweet. Meanwhile, I had another couple come in and buy a schoolgirl outfit with a bunch of bondage stuff and a few other little odds and ends. And when they were checking out, they told me they were going to a hotel for the weekend to make a baby, which again, very wholesome. But I cannot stress this message enough from last week. I don't really need the story of what it is you're doing. If you're getting deployed, that kind of helps me pare down what it is you're looking for and I can set you up with the right thing. But I can't imagine the cuffs and collars you bought are gonna help the baby chowder get anywhere closer to where it's supposed to any better. I'm also not a fertility doctor, so I could be wrong. I don't know and I don't wanna know. Let me move into my own little wholesome story real quick because this is one of the few times that being an insufferable music know-it-all actually worked in my favor. A gentleman came in to buy some goodies, nothing crazy, and I checked his card with his ID, which is our store policy for any customer using a card as payment, and his name looked very familiar. And keep in mind with this, we're in a dildo store, okay? We are 12 feet away from 12-inch cocks and butt plugs the likes of which you probably have never seen, you freaky freaks. So I told him that I was a music nerd and that his name looked familiar. And I asked if he used to play in a band that I might have heard of. He immediately got very excited but was also gracious, and he let me know that I was on the right track. Now, you guys, he was my customer, so I am protecting anonymity. So that's about as far as you're going to get when it comes to who he was. But he played in my brother James's favorite band in the world, and that's what I wanted to tell him. I told him that my brother overdosed and passed away a few months ago, but that the band he was in, they were his favorite band. And he got to see him play when the gentleman in front of me was in the band. And my brother had told me that it was one of the best nights of his life. And I got the privilege of being able to look this dude in the eye and thank him for being able to give my brother that experience. It was a really big moment for me. And one of the most wholesome things that has ever happened to me on the clock at any job that I've had. He was very sweet and very kind. We talked about my brother for a little bit 
and we talked about how the gentleman in front of me has been sober for a very long time now, and I congratulated him. It takes strength every single day, you guys. Imagine giving up your favorite thing, which may or may not be butt plugs, you naughty freaks. It was really wonderful and an unexpected moment, and I'm glad I got to live it. I love you, James. For my kids and scary story this week, I am going to tell you guys the closest thing to an actual ghost story that you are ever going to get out of me. For as much of a Halloween-y, macabre person as I am, I'm not really sure about the whole idea of ghosts. I started watching all those ghost hunting shows and whatnots when they started getting popular, and I wasn't purchasing any of them. Each one looked more ridiculous than the next. I will admit that there was some pretty creepy shit on the OG Unsolved Mysteries when I watched those as a kid, but I have to imagine that a lot of that was the fact that I was scared of everything, and the host, Bob Stack's voice, was terrifying, and he knew how to sell it. Now, the story I'm about to give you is 100% true, but also, I'll be the first to admit that it doesn't really change my opinion much on the subject or make anything definitive for me. But I will also admit, I've been thinking about this damn near every day since the moment it happened. And at the end of the day, if something creeps you out, that's sort of the point, right? Sometimes it doesn't really matter what it is you see. What matters is your perception. So before I tell you the actual story, I have to give you guys a little tidbit of information about where my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, and I live. Not the people who lived there before us, but the ones who lived there before that. They were an older married couple, and the gentleman had a stroke that left him pretty debilitated. His wife, I guess, couldn't handle it, and she left him. And... He ended up shooting himself, ate his gun, I think in the kitchen, and I think two days before Christmas. That's not just sad. That's like Werner Herzog movie level sad. So sort of keep that in mind when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, because it was the first thing that I thought about when it happened. I was in the kitchen doing dishes and... I don't know, probably thinking about boobs or something. And out of the corner of my eye, I see almost like a mix of smoke and dust materialize about eight feet away from me that was 100% in the shape of a torso profile of a person. And it looked like it materialized at the end of the hallway and started moving towards the living room. I only saw it for like let's call it an extended split second, and then it disappeared. Now, was I on drugs? Absolutely. But I wasn't on hallucinogens or anything like that. I had smoked a little bit of the devil's lettuce. Nothing crazy. I could have still driven to the gas station and gotten an ice cream sandwich, which I probably should have done. My, <laughs> my immediate thought, though, was, Kitson, you're on drugs. Whatever you thought you saw was probably just the drugs. But as soon as I thought that, my dog Bowie, who was sitting on the couch, kicking back and minding her own damn business, immediately gets up and goes 
right to where whatever the fuck it was materialized and started barking right where I saw it profusely, loudly. She could not be calmed down. Like it took a good minute or two to get her quiet. And that's what I have for you with that. I'm not trying to convince anyone one way or another on anything. I'm not even convinced on anything, but I will be damned if it didn't freak me out for a hot fucking second. But that went away pretty quickly. And my only real thought after that was, if that is the ghost of the dude who lived here before us, I hope he likes what we've done with the place. For the musical retribution segment of the program, I'm going to twist it a little bit. And I want to talk about a band that I listened to when I was a kid that I feel like I should be embarrassed about, but I'm not. So while it doesn't quite fit the criteria of what I was saying I would do, I'm going to claim an exchange rate and I am going to count their entire catalog as one song. A question that I get asked very often whenever I start talking about music with people is, what band have I seen live the most number of times? Smart Money is on Metallica, which is a good guess, and they are a close second place. But the band that I've seen live the most, with a staggering 13 times, is Blink-182. I can understand how that might be a little surprising. What's even more surprising is that those 13 times all took place within five years. I saw them at a radio show in San Francisco. I think they were the second act on the main stage early that day. This was right after Dude Ranch came out, and I thought they were fucking great. I wasn't listening to anything else like it at the time, and Mark and Tom also happened to be fucking hysterical between songs with each other. And then when Enema of the State came out, they played at pretty much every single radio show that I went to see and then a few different package tours. And I love them so much and I ended up seeing them on their own a bunch as well. And they were never bad. It was always a good time. I tried to get tickets to this last tour, but Ticketmaster and I had a misunderstanding and we're still not speaking to each other. The songs that they've released off of their new one these last couple of months have been surprisingly fucking amazing. Whenever bands get back together, so often when they do an album, it just doesn't add up. Not at all in this case. This is some of the best shit they have done and I am utterly heartbroken that I can't see him on this tour. But I still love Blink and I listen to them often and I am definitely going to be making one of their new songs my song of the week this week, which you can find on the Atomic Skull podcast songs of the week playlist on Spotify. And the song is One More Time by Blink-182. For as much as a punk background that Mark, Tom, and Travis have, they can write a sad ballad like nobody's fucking business. Get on the train. This is one that hit me like a ton of bricks and made me feel feelings. And then to add insult to emotions that I wasn't ready for, the music video for the song went through all the phases of the band's career 
And it was pretty much a fucking montage of my teenage years when they had the big flaming fuck F-U-C-K in the background of the video, which they did on their take off your pants and jacket tour on the stage behind them at every show. I damn near had to turn the video off. It hit hard and it felt almost as good as it didn't. I want to make a quick dedication for the song of the week and the video and all those really wonderful things that it made me feel to a very old friend and a friend of the show who has been utterly supportive since day one. When we met, we were some very young, very naughty boys. And the two of us have grown up, unfortunately. And we laugh at less fart jokes these days and a little more about back pain. But we still laugh. And I know he is out there wanting the best for me. And I want the best for him too. He knows who he is. And I hope he knows that I wouldn't have made it without him. A lot of people in my life, I've talked about this before, have one song that belongs to them in my head. But you, this dude, this motherfucker, owns all of Blink-182. Every single one of their songs belongs to him in my brain. That is how much he means to me. I know he's listening, and I want to give a very heartfelt shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat to the birthday boy. I love you, man. I was proud of you then, and I'm proud of you now. For the rest of you guys, go check out One More Time by Blink-182, because not only is it a powerhouse of an emotional song, but the amount of undertones in it are fucking ridiculous. And that's the breaks for you guys this week. Pretty good chance I'm going to be taking next week off, boys. Spider-Man 2 came out for the PS5 this last weekend. And chances are, if I'm not selling dildos to your mother, I'm playing that fucking video game right now. And I want to take a week off to enjoy it because I never get excited about video games anymore. Like, ever. But this one looks amazing and it is getting incredible reviews, and I cannot wait. But I will be back in November, and I already have lots of shit on deck for you guys. The Dildo Store is sending me to Pride this weekend, which I'm sure will generate plenty of stories. I love my gays, and gays, I can't wait to see you. I am going to get tattoos, which I am... 10 days away from and have absolutely no fucking idea what I'm getting. So that's going to be fun. If you are looking for me, by the way, at Pride, I will be the person wearing rainbow Chuck Taylors and a red feather boa. And I dare you to think I'm lying. Also, for November, I do have guest hosts on deck, some big announcements coming and a few other things to catch you up on. So there is definitely no shortage of shit to talk about. Also, I'm aware that I didn't give you any embarrassing songs from my childhood, but I'm going to make up for that next time you hear me because I'm going to dive into one single band that is going to knock like half a dozen songs right off the list on their own. Thanks, you guys, for listening and for all the support. It means everything to me all the time, always. 
I hope your master plan, whatever that may be, is coming together just perfectly. And I hope you creepy motherfuckers have a fun, amazing, and spooky Halloween. Apologies to my mother-in-law. And how are you doing? 